0: Shout out to the Portland Trailblazers for being able to extend my time here in Portland five more years with a three year extension. I felt like it was the right decision for me. And obviously I could have rolled the dice, I could have played it out and became an unrestricted free agent, but I felt like that was unnecessary for what I want to accomplish in my career, what I want to accomplish in my life and in where I'm currently at. So I'm excited about it. You look at other teams, other dynasties that ended up breaking up, whether it be for money, personality clashes or just cultural issues within the team, it happens a lot. And it's the, it's the same cliche everyone says about money. Money doesn't cure everything. We also have Gary Vanderchuk coming on the Pull Up Pod. i uh, got a great conversation with him as well about the draft, about cards and many other topics. Welcome to the Jared Allen episode of Pull Up. That's right, episode number 69. <laughs> I had to to act like a 12-year-old for a second. But um, back in Portland, Oregon, um, wrapping up a great week of kids camp. Uh, kids camp was Tuesday to Friday, my sixth annual CJ McCullum basketball camp out here in Oregon. Over 300 kids uh, have been in attendance. Shout out to all my sponsors and everyone who has provided food, water, resources, their time uh, to the kids here. They truly appreciate it, and I truly appreciate it as well. There's nothing like empowering a younger generation. Um, also, want to introduce Jordan to the Bullet Pod, as always. Jordan's in France right now, and it's probably almost 2 or 3 a.m. at this point. So he's being a super trooper, uh, battling all the things against him right now <laughs> as he figured out way, <laughs> ways to get signal
1: to record this. I got my—we uh, got, got FaceTime audio. I'm, I'm going with my uh, little adapter, my foreign, foreign adapter, and, and I'm currently under the influence of uh, about three and a half glasses of wine. That is awesome. That'll make for a great episode. A great episode. Wonderful.
0: We'll be sure to touch on many things. We also have Gary Vanderchuk coming on the Pull Up Pod. Uh, got a great conversation with him as well about the draft, about cards, and many other topics that are pertinent in America right now. Jordan. You're in France, I'm here in Oregon. It's been an amazing week. Shout out to the Portland Trailblazers. I'm gonna shout out Jody for having faith and trust in me and my game and uh, empowering me to, to be the man that I am in terms of being able to extend my time here in Portland for five more years with a three year extension. I wanna thank the late Mr. Allen for establishing a great culture here, a culture that you know consisted of love, family and winning. And I wanna thank Neil uh, for drafting me for coming out to Lehigh and being one of the few GMs who took some time to actually see me in person before I was hurt. Rolled the dice on me when I was injured, believed in me. And now we've been able to accomplish a lot of great things and look forward to accomplishing more things in the future. And lastly, I want to thank the city of Portland for everything you've done, embracing me, loving me, and allowing me to feel at home and allowing me to potentially start a family here, raise my family here and be here for what could be my entire career.
1: Yeah, congratulations! See, this is a big deal, both uh, well figuratively and literally. Um, it's it's an incredible accomplishment. Take us through uh, your thought process and obviously your love of the city and the organization that that you felt so comfortable um, extending yourself long term.
0: Yeah, it was an easy decision for me. Uh, I talked to my fiance, I talked to my mom, my dad, my brother, my agent, and we just kind of went over. You know. Deal that could be be done, you know, on July 27th. We went over, you know, basically every aspect of what could happen in this situation. What could happen if I do the extension? What could happen if I don't do the extension? Um, obviously, you break down you know the pros and cons that you that you could potentially be risking uh in a situation like this, and I just felt like you know the pros for me outweighed the cons. You know, being able to solidify myself in a market I love and a market I'm comfortable with, in a situation I'm comfortable with, with a franchise that has allowed me to grow. We've we've really grown together collectively. And obviously, you know, being a, a kid from Canton, Ohio, you know, growing up in a small city, going to Lehigh University, you know, being comfortable in those environments, you know, smaller cities uh, that have made a lasting impact on my life, I felt like it was the right decision for me. And obviously I could have rolled the dice. I could have played it out um, and became an unrestricted free agent. But I felt like that was unnecessary for for what I want to accomplish in my career, what I want to accomplish in my life and in where I'm currently at. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Obviously, uh, my agent did a lot of work behind the scenes. So shout out to my guy, Sam Goldfeder, doing a lot of work behind the scenes and um, locking, this deal, locking this deal in. I know uh, him and Neil were on the phone for... For hours, you know, hashing and and trying to figure out, you know, how to get this done as soon as possible. And uh, I'm glad we were able to get it done um, this week, you know, during camp week and an exciting time for my family, exciting time for myself. And I'm really looking forward to building on this. But I think. It's hard to really explain the process because as a player, you're you're more so behind the scenes. Uh, You're getting numbers sent to you. You're getting figures sent to you. You're getting potential deals sent to you, you know, likely scenarios of what you could potentially make, likely scenarios of what you could potentially make in the event that you're you're no longer with the franchise. So you you really go over everything. And I'm a guy who, you know, likes to dot my I's and cross my T's. So I want to know every scenario that involves, you know, my next three years. Um, And obviously now I understand I have two years left of my deal and we've added another three years. So that gives me five years and I'm thankful for it and looking forward to building and and trying to win a championship here in Portland.
1: How much do you think your, your background CJ growing up, like you said, in a smaller city, going to a smaller university and then going to a a smaller NBA market. um, That's family oriented fans that can really connect with the players in a way that, maybe they can't in bigger markets. How much do you think your comfort level as a result of of all of those things led you to this position?
0: I think just growing up in the Midwest in general and understanding that you got to really work hard for what you want in life and that blue collar mindset and just being a guy who had doubts, who had question marks, who was criticized and... Put in a position where he had to work for everything. You know, they they said I was too small. I was too this. I I I played at a small school that didn't have uh, NBA talent. How would I fare in the league? Then it was, can he create his shot in the NBA? Then it was, all he does is create his shot for himself. Can he create for others? And then it was, can he win? Then it was, is he big enough to guard his position? Then it was, can he coexist with Dame? And it's always been a question mark about something. And I've been able to, you know, answer to that. And I think. You know, based on you know how I had to work to get to this point and what I've gone through to get here, I think it just made me appreciate this situation that much more. Being in a city that loves you, being in a city that welcomes you, allows you to kind of uh, be yourself, allows you to help out in the community, do those things, and and kind of just rallies around you. It felt like home, and it is home. Um, similar to Canton, Ohio, similar to Lehigh, to where it was a small place. Um, that became a huge part of my life, a place I had never been before. I'd never been to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania uh, until I took my uh, visit. I had never been to Oregon until I did my uh, pre-draft workout, and it just felt comfortable. And I'm a guy who's very simple, and I think Neil discussed it uh, in our our post-conference that this life isn't for everybody. Everybody can't you know, be in this particular situation. Everybody can't handle playing in, in a city like Oregon and everybody can't handle playing in a big market. It just really depends on your personality and what your priorities are. But for me, my priorities are simple. Uh, get as good as I can, be as dominant as possible in my position for my team and in this league. And I think this is a great place to to build a family, to start a family, and a great place to master um, your skill set at whatever you do for a living. And that's what I plan to do.
1: So so far you and Dame, uh six seasons together, you have um been to the playoffs. You've you've won four playoff series, you've been to a conference final, you've been to the playoffs, I believe is it every year? Is that right? Yeah. Every year I've yeah. been in the league, I've been to you've the been playoffs. have been to the playoffs every year. And and what's really interesting is you've in a in an era of um player empowerment and where we see, where we consistently see guys testing the market and testing the waters, seeing what they're worth, and and exercising their free agency, it's very, uh, I think it's reassuring and also refreshing, especially to Blazer fans, that the two biggest stars uh, of the last several decades in the city both the same summer uh, renewed their contracts and decided they did not want to go through free agency. So, I guess my question then is. How much of the conversation when Dame was going through his and now you with Dame uh, or you with yours, how, how much of the communication was there between uh, the both of you? I
0: mean, it was a foregone conclusion. We both knew what was going to happen uh, during free agency. Uh, we talked about it during the season. We talked about it during the playoffs. Uh, obviously, type of legacy we're trying to leave behind uh, that that extends beyond the basketball court and into the community as well. But I knew Damon was gonna sign an extension before the season ended. And he knew that in the event that I was in the position to do the same, I would. And we didn't even have to discuss it. We knew it was it was gonna be done. It was just a matter of when, in terms of legalities of the contract situation on when I could potentially sign and when he could potentially sign. Um, but you know, we, we cut from the same cloth. You're talking about two guys who got it out of the mud, who went to small schools, who you know achieved excellence, uh, Out of a unique situation, you know, him being from Oakland, having to go to Weber State, me being from Canton, having to go to Lehigh, a school that had never had an NBA player drafted before uh, myself, it it just kind of shows you our mindset and our mentality and and how loyal we are um, to not only, you know, our hometown, to not only family, but to situations uh, that we could possibly be in. And to this franchise and and to this organization and this staff, I think it was a mutual mutual situation of where, you know... There was mutual love, and yeah. we look forward to building on the future.
1: Well, congratulations! It's it's an incredible accomplishment, one of many that continues to happen for you. And uh, you know, good things happen to good people. So it, I just, I'm, I'm so happy for you and Dame and the city of Portland. It's it's a wonderful thing. Um, one of the, well, I guess, bigger storylines of the week, and I have been a little bit off the radar. Uh, with with my NBA news. But, you know, I tend to check Instagram and Twitter and, and do my early morning reading. Uh, and I've seen that uh, David Griffin, former Cavs GM, he has had some choice words to say about LeBron James, including the fact that even when they won the championship together that he knew he was leaving. Uh, what did you make of these comments? Because obviously LeBron, David Griffin, they did some great things together. LeBron was very much responsible for the title in Cleveland. I was surprised to see this. And obviously, David Griffin, for those who don't know, is now the current GM of the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: Yeah, I was surprised to see it as well. I know both of them I have a relationship with both of them. Um, And, you know, looking at the comments, it's always hard to— understand where the comments come from. And it's hard to judge it from the outside looking in because I wasn't in Cleveland. I didn't experience things that they both experienced. I didn't go through the things they experienced and went through on a day to day basis. But just based on the words, looking at the words from afar, I think, you know, from a sense of understanding and and him expressing his opinion on the fact that he thought LeBron was going to leave anyway, I think Most of the city thought he was going to leave. He did his job kind of similar to Kawhi, only this was LeBron's hometown. He went back to specifically win a championship, and he accomplished that. So I felt like he was probably going to leave. So I would say that that's a pretty accurate statement, and I'm sure those around the situation probably knew he was going to leave at some point after winning a championship. But in terms of the the question marks about his hunger, now that's hard for me to judge, but I would never question another NBA player's hunger because I am an NBA player, and I know what it's like you know, to— sacrifice time, the commitment it takes, being away from the family, the amount of work that the best players put in On a day to day basis, the amount of preparation it takes to, you know, six, seven a.m. workouts, having people travel with you full time, changing your diet, getting sleep every night, making sure you're not, you know, doing things that could affect, you know, your performance the next day, whether that be going out to eat at certain restaurants, drinking certain things, eating certain things. Um, There's just so much sacrifice that goes into this game from a player standpoint that it's hard for me to say that, you know, the hunger wasn't there for him because I think, although he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, everybody's still chasing greatness. And for him specifically, he's chasing the goats of this NBA league, the LeBrons, the Bill Russells, the Kobe's. I know championships, you know, no matter how many you get, you never get tired of that. You know, hence Tom Brady continuing to play, you know, 40 plus years of age. Yeah. So it's hard for me to question that. But I think, you know, everybody has a right to their opinion on whether you agree with it or not is is one thing. But
1: I think that's a tough situation to where that could definitely rub somebody the wrong way. Well, what's interesting to me is the dichotomy between the Cavs and the Blazers. And you talked about, you know, culture and sustainability. And here's a direct quote from David Griffin. He says, everything we did was so inorganic and unsustainable and frankly, not fun. I was miserable. Literally, the moment we won the championship, I knew I was going to leave. There was no way I was going to stay for any amount of money. And he also goes on to say that he didn't think, to your point, CJ, that LeBron was the was the same animal I believe he used um, about, about winning and, you know, I, I don't know if, again, I don't know what, what was, what went on behind closed doors, but I can tell you that the culture with the Cavs between Dan Gilbert front office players, it's not the same, uh, to say the least as it is with the Blazers. For example, uh, you talked about Neil earlier, you talked, we've obviously talked about Terry Stotts and your guys' staff and how healthy everything is. It shows you that winning doesn't, and this is something I, I I'm, I'm frankly not. i never said this before, but I guess winning doesn't necessarily cure everything, because this is a perfect example. Given that you had a a, a championship team with an all-time great player, uh, and a, and frankly, a, a team that did not feel comfortable staying together because of well, LeBron leaving. So, I guess it's the bigger picture here is again with culture, isn't it? That basically. Uh, If you don't have a culture in place, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, it's not going to work. And if you have people who aren't like-minded in a culture, it's also not going to work. I think you look at the history of sports in general. There have been some great dynamic duels. There have been great teams that win a lot, but they end up breaking up. And it's not because of anything other than the fact that their personalities may clash, Uh, obviously money sometimes plays a factor. But I think what we've seen historically with even looking at Kobe and Shaq, two great players who won together, but it just didn't work. They were in two different, you know, career points in their career. They had two different ideas of how they wanted their careers to be, how they wanted the games to go, and how they thought they should be utilized. And they end up breaking up. You look at other teams, other dynasties that ended up breaking up, whether it be for money Personality clashes or just cultural issues within the team—it happens a lot. And it's the, it's the same cliche everyone says about money. Money doesn't money doesn't cure everything. You know, there's there's no amount of money in the world that can you know fix certain diseases and certain illnesses out there. So people people forget that you know, these players may be making lots of money, they may be winning, but they're still at times as we've seen very unhappy and you know similar to the jeremy lynn situation where there was a big deal made about jeremy Lin's statements about how he played in the league you know the league nba doesn't want him anymore but i think on the flip side people are looking at him like yo you played 10 years in the league you made over 65 million dollars and you have multi-million dollar offers in europe like you're living a great life but they may not know what type of demons he's battling on the inside that may have nothing to do with basketball and I think people are sometimes insensitive to that. Now do I agree with his take on the whole situation? No, because I think he should be thankful for what he was what he was given because there's players overseas who would love to have been able to play in the NBA for a second, let alone 10 years. So I think you have to understand your situation and also kind of look at it from a
1: different point of view and a different lens. Yeah, well, to that point, I I think there's a lot of guys overseas. We've obviously talked about Eric a lot, but there are a lot of players overseas that are that are better than some of the players in the NBA. Opportunity, a contract. I mean, you tell me. Amen. You tell me. There are, there are
0: a lot of players who are qualified to play the NBA, better than players who are currently in the NBA, but it's circumstances, it's situation. Right, age. Uh, age money sometimes players don't want to take the non-guarantee i think my brother ran into that you know a few times throughout his career where he had non-guaranteed offers but the fear of turning down guaranteed money for non guarantee in the nba where you could be cut by or on christmas um and then left with no job because all the jobs are taken in europe that's a big thin line that it's it's sometimes hard to to cross and it's hard to roll the dice on but i think that it's it's an interesting situation and i'd love to be a fly in the wall uh um, in the uh, the LeBron household when this story released. Oh, yeah. and I look forward to asking him more about it um, well, in the near future.
1: Yeah, I guess my only follow-up would be on this is that um, David Griffin, part of the, the argument he's making is that when the Cavs were down 3-1 and they when they came back to win the championship, that he felt like LeBron, after that, lost some of his drive. When you have had success, whether it be against Duke in the tournament, becoming a lottery pick— uh, going to the playoffs, going to the conference final—all of these things doesn't that make you want more of it? Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't think the success has altered me. The only thing it's changed, in a sense, is my lifestyle. I'm able to do things more comfortably. I'm able to make decisions more rationally because I have uh, obviously more money at, at my disposal. But from a competitive standpoint, from a hunger standpoint, I'm still waking up at 6 a.m. on camp week and camp is from 9 to 3. And I got a guaranteed quarter billion before 32 coming. You know what I'm saying? So my mindset, my mentality hasn't changed. And in the event that we win a championship, I'm going to work as hard as I always have because I want more. And I might even work, you know, every time, every summer you try to add a little bit more, You, you might work differently. You might work more smart in terms of using your time, but you love this game people, some people love what the game can do for them. I really genuinely love this game. I love what it can do for me too, but I really genuinely love this game and live this game. So from my perspective, it's never changed me. Like I still work hard. You can ask people that have seen me my rookie year to now. You can ask the janitors. You know, I'm still coming in at crazy hours. I'm still doing the same things that put me in a position to be successful now. I'm just working smarter. I have more resources at my disposal, but My love, my passion, my hunger is still there. And I've seen the way LeBron works. And I've seen, you know, his summertime schedule, his routine. And obviously coming off this year where the Lakers um, ended up not making the playoffs, I can only imagine how hard he's working right now um, to get ready for next season. Looking at the Western Conference and how it's shaping up and how talented it is, I'm sure he's working uh, I'm sure the rest of the league is working, you know, not just the stars, but role players as
1: well, because there's a thin line between having success, being out to playoffs and being replaced. Yeah. And, and LeBron, given the the season they just had, how underwhelming it was, the fact that it's the first time he's missed significant time. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll he'll be in line to have a monster year. Um, CZ, we have a monster guest coming up next. What do you think about this guest?
0: I'm really looking forward to it, man. Gary Vee is going to be on in a minute. We talked about a lot of dope things, so stay locked in. More show in a minute. But first, support for Pull Up with CJ McCollum comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose the template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch online stores, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their websites. Create yours today. Get started now by going to wix.com. That's wix.com slash pull up to get 10% off. Okay, back to the show. We have a very, very special guest today. He's been kind enough to share some time with us. We've already discussed baseball cards. We've seen the Kareem, we've seen the Jackie Robinson, we've seen the LeBron. I haven't seen the CJ McCollum, but it's okay. I'll give him a pass on that one. We wanna welcome Gary Vee to the Pull Up Pod as always. Jordan Schultz here by my side. We have a lot to discuss today. First, we have to start with historically, like what you've been able to accomplish up to this point. I read a lot of research about you, how it all started with lemonade. It moved on to baseball cards. Life's kind of coming back full circle it is. now with you leaving the wine industry. Um, thank you for what you did for the wine industry. Honestly, with the e-commerce side, I order a lot of wine online now and uh, my seller is, is very thankful. My family is very thankful. My fiance is very <laughs> thankful, thankful because we're able to order wine directly from some of the apps we use. Uh, one of the apps in which we won't mention because they're not paying us right now. But um, it's it's, but been it's a- got
2: two V's in it, I can hook you up.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, we look forward to, to being introduced to two V's. I still
2: know my wine game heavy. People sleep on my skills. I'm paying attention to everything.
0: Yeah, we're gonna to have to empathy. We're gonna have right to there. get some some wine drops. But first let's just talk about what you've been able to accomplish this far. You you left the wine industry. Well, yeah. you haven't exactly left it, but you kind of ventured on to the tech world, yeah, obviously.
2: I, I I helped grow my family's liquor store into a wine e-commerce player and launched an e-commerce site in nineteen ninety-six when you were five. So like a long time ago. <laughs> then my brother who's sitting back your AJ and was, you know, growing up flipping cards and garage sales and other things I'm sure we'll talk on and we kind of probably, somewhere around the time he was 13, 14, 15, started getting real real about, you know, we'll be in business together one day. And even as young as he was then, it was obvious it wasn't going to be at Wine Library. So, you know, as as he was starting to get close to graduating, we had a lot of things. Fantasy sports was real. Yep. I would say that'd be the other thing. We almost started fantasy sports. And a deal-of-day site. And it a deal-of-day site. We would have been so right because Groupon Living Social as long as we didn't raise too much capital. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, we started Media. So I did leave the wine business day-to-day in 2009, officially, when we started Media, But it was really 2011, because I was still doing the wine thing. I wrote Crush It! and the Gary Vee thing was starting to happen. I loved the fact that AJ was kind of operating and learning. I was involved. but And and then 11, August of 11, during the NFL strike. Uh, yeah. I'll I never forget it. Like, that's when I decided to go all in. that September 2011 is when I really kind of came in. Actually became CEO of Vayner Media and that's what I run to this day. Um, and then AJ left Vayner Media three years ago. and We started Vayner Sports. We do sports representation in the NFL.
1: Soon to be NBA.
2: We talk about I'm NBA a lot. We so we talk. We probably talk most. We, we're very. I mean, he, let me. Let, I'm not going to speak for him, especially because he's sitting right behind me. If he wasn't here, maybe I'd speak for him more. Um, but he's he's running that show. I have to kind of follow what he wants. I'm always like I want to do everything, and that's kind of my nature. I think he's gets very focused and executes. Been three
1: years in the NFL now, though. Right. Yeah, three years. Wilson, so, yeah. Peyton Barber. Yep. Tyree Jackson now. Yeah. I have Peyton Barber on my fantasy team. Alright,
2: let's do it play. again. You have a dynasty league where are you gonna have him this year. I, is, I was in. the ball. Honestly,
0: year. bring me into one of your fantasy leagues as well because I, I don't need play to. Football. You don't play football. I the to too
2: much. I don't play fantasy football. Wow. I can't play. I can't get going. Wow. Yeah. I, I
0: watch the games completely like, different.
2: Little Lou like watches us play the like Bengals and he's excited about some yeah. dope slot receiver yeah. getting the catch. Yeah. I get pissed.
0: It changes yeah. your mindset when you watch. Like yeah. when I watch That's my sad, Browns, man. like I usually pick the Browns defense. Like my mindset is completely different.
2: Do you play see basketball?
0: I'm not technically allowed, um, so no. Got
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> I always think about that shit. When I <laughs> retire, when I retire, <laughs> the
0: first couple of things I'm going to do besides like <laughs> really enjoy life, yeah, stuff, yeah, sure. I'm going to gamble. We so gamble. I can't. We I can't, gamble. I can't work in basketball hey, right away hey, because I'm sure not allowed games. to
2: gamble outside of the NBA.
0: No, you are. no, But, oh. but I mean gamma oh, like basketball. Like the over-under last night on Kyle. Yeah. And I was 20, 21 20, 20, and a half points and Steph was 30. Like, if you know the game, yeah. you're talking about easy money. Easy money. This
2: is, this, bro, I, easy this is money. why, I know we were talking about it off camera, but I can't get, I, this is why I need you investing heavily in basketball cards.
1: Over-under three minutes heavy, to get to this.
0: Gel is rolling over right now. Heavy.
2: <laughs> I'll Joe, think, I'm calling you soon. I'll think Say about my it. by, Joe. We'll
0: get on a conference call. We can actually discuss, right, you it. know, why we think we should. And that brings me to my next question. Please. Adaptation. Okay. How the, Not only how the, how the world has changed in a sense of understanding the importance of social media now. Yes. Understanding the importance of technology. You early investor in Facebook, Uber, Venmo, et cetera. How important is it to adapt? Being able to change in, in terms of making your business successful, making your life
2: successful. It's the it's the singular core strength of my life. I think it's I think every single person that all of us put on a pedestal in society have disproportionate capabilities to adapt. Let's talk about basketball because I'm just pumped you're here. And I, like right, think about the, like when I think about so I'm just gonna throw a couple random things. I'm super pumped. Vince Carter. If you would have told me after a couple of, first two years of the league that Vince fucking Carter would be one of the people that could get to 40 years old and play in this league. He was the most one, at least from my perspective at the time, one-dimensional, high-flying, like, like all the people we talk about, right? They adapted their game. in year, The great superstars of this sport, they adapt their game in year three, four, five very commonly right. because they have to start adding things to the game if they want to truly go. So I think about business a lot because I love sports so much, like sports. And for me, I never put yesterday on a pedestal. I, 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 re- I think one of the real things that has made me successful is when I started investing in social media for both Wine Library and then for myself, I didn't put email and Google AdWords and .com on a pedestal, even though that's what was foundational in helping me take my dad's liquor store from a three to a 30 at that point million dollar business. If I kept putting that on a pedestal, I would have lost. I basically wake up every day and think I'm only as good as my last at bat. Right? That, I mean, this is the best talking Like to an athlete. Like I treat business more like sports than almost anybody I know, mainly because I don't talk to people enough about it, but I really do. It is, like, fucking effort matters. Man. Like, when you guys are watching film at like, post-game and you know that you didn't put that effort, and you think about what that rebound could have been to what that run started, mm. to ha- like, this is real life. Like what, like. Tyler just left, which is too bad. Like, sometimes he's like, man, you just fucking traveled 13 hours from Qatar, but this person wants to have a meeting. I'm like, let's do it on the Upper East Side. He's like, man, you sure you don't? Like, I'm like, I'm either gonna put in the effort to take this meeting, or I'm gonna, look look how hard both of us fought for this today. Right. We're fighting. We've
1: been trying to do this for for a year.
2: So, adaptive, the most, on a pedestal. Like, your ability to not get high on your own supply, I think, is a huge indicator of who you're gonna be. And what I use that analogy as, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday it is more like playoff basketball like
0: new day new game new mentality and by the way i still it. remember the first time i beat my brother in a series because we always played best of seven because mm-hmm. we always say it's easy to beat somebody once it's mm-hmm. fluke like college tournament. how much
2: older is he than you three mm-hmm. and a half yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so first time i beat him i was in his in his uh college campus and i was winning i was up three i was up like three two Best of seven, mm-hmm. and they kicked us out of his gym at Goshen College in Indiana. So I was pissed because I was like, <laughs> "We have to restart the series. Oh, yeah. You can't like, you can't resume. You got to oh, yeah. restart the series." So he used to always tell me like, "When you can beat me, you'll be ready for the NBA." And I didn't beat him until um, my junior year in college, like a series. And
1: that's the year we beat Duke. I was just gonna say, junior year was the Duke year. Yeah. yeah. Eric, Eric is has is thirty one. Thirty. Thirty. He's been playing in Europe a really long time. He's she one of 30? like the most productive yeah. European players. Yeah. And uh so if you play him now though it's still pretty close.
0: Yeah, but I'll beat him now. Yeah. We haven't played in like years because our our seasons intersect. Yeah. You so You should make it a pay-per-view. His season That'd we should great. we should play for bread. Yeah. We should play and yeah. like have a We'll be the line. That's we always yeah. we played last summer a little bit me him Raymond Fountain and somebody else like in one on one on one, but he's usually resting. His season ends now. He's resting and then I start training like a couple weeks later and he's in his rest phase. So we don't like try. It's like fighting someone who's yeah, wounded. You know training. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you trying to course. recover. You go
1: Brothers? Like but when I see Steph and, and Seth, I'm like going for Seth.
0: Little Brother. Yeah.
1: yeah. AJ's got his only, most
2: of his best social media is when he makes a funny Little Brother reference.
0: I mean, there's, there's so many Little Brothers in America. Like they all can relate to like what we're saying. Even uh-huh. if it's not sports. Like you remember the first time you beat up your brother or like get, or hit him first.
2: You know which one AJ gets me on the most? Mm. The manning one. Everybody thinks it's Peyton Older, Eli Younger, whatever, but he always calls me Cooper. Cooper, <laughs> I knew you were going to. the league.
1: Cooper was, was a great player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's yeah. it. Did you see Arch Manning? <laughs> Did you, have you seen Arch Manning, the eighth grader, who's now playing for oh, the varsity? Uh, isn't
2: that Cooper's son?
1: Yes, yeah, it's Arch son. Manning. He's fourteen. He's fourteen. I feel bad for that he's
2: looking at that kid like this is my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. at the same high school. Yeah, no, I've seen it. You
1: know, Odell went to the same high school. Yep. This kid is throwing like fifty yard bombs. Yeah. He's <laughs> gonna He's a freak. Are oh, we talking about the middle? The kid. The Arch. Work. He's in eighth grade. He's in he eighth grade. Already on varsity. His name is Arch. He's as an Archie. I man. seen his highlights. He threw like three touchdowns. Crazy. Touchdown. Crazy.
2: Crazy. Looks like him too. I want to buy his cards now. Yeah. so So let's let's
1: talk a little cards. Yeah. So everybody loves. To make investments that they think are gonna be ultimately yes. worth their worth their while. Baseball cards specifically, basketball cards specifically for you, what was the impetus to this?
2: That's funny you said that. It's funny what you just said. The one of the there's multiple pillars. My son getting to an age where he got into it, huge pillar. But the number one true pillar is I get DM'd and emailed thousands of times a day with the following question: Hey Gary B, I have two thousand dollars, how should I invest it? In? Wow. And it's a tough one. Because it's a funny number, but it's much more normal in the real world. So two grand? I, yeah, yeah. two grand. That's like, you know, $1,500, right. uh, $800. Bucks. I get a lot of yeah. funny kind of questions like that. And I'm like, okay, like, what are they actually trying to achieve? Because I want them to invest in companies I believe in, like, an Amazon and, and, a, and a Facebook and a Netflix, but I also know that those companies have matured to a level where I like it as, in 10 years, that 800 bucks in 10 years could be 2400 right? Like... But that's not what they're actually asking me. What they're actually asking me is like, hey Gary, I have a thousand bucks and because of where I'm at in my life right now, I'd love to have 4,000 in a year. And I don't play like that. I don't know short term, like quick- You play long games. I'm a marathon runner. And people are asking me how to get out the gate as a sprinter. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I run marathons. All of a sudden, I'm watching the sports card market now. Now we're going on over a year, but really hot last August. And I'm watching and watching and watching and watching. And a couple months ago I kind of came out and started getting real aggressive about this. I believe. Let me give you let me give you a, a comment. I bought I bought a ton of Giannis rookies in September and October. For the Prism, which is like the core Prism rookie card. This is top scroll, but for the Prism, Prism rookie card, I was buying about 160 bucks.
1: What's Prism mean?
2: Prism oh shit. Prism is the company that makes them. Uh, okay. No, Panini's the company. Okay. This is the type of panini card. Okay. It's called Prism. This is kind of the core basketball card right now right? There's a bunch of different ones, but this is the core. And, and then you can see this is in a plastic. They get graded when they're in perfect condition. PSA 10. I was buying Giannis PSA 10s for 160 bucks. Oh, oh, one, 160 yeah. above. Okay. They were 650 bucks two weeks ago. They're down to 500 because the one's over. That's a real return. Right. For the, And I don't have an answer anywhere else. There's flipping, which is why I keep telling people to go garage selling and thrift storing. But the one place I believe, unless the economy collapses, that is definitely gonna go up, I mean, the, four, the 500 Luca rookies I bought, they've gone from fucking 45, 50 to 80 in a month. Like, it's real.
0: See, these are the conversations you got to have with like the KDs of the world. Um, like, so when I, I have, have KD, KD on, like, yeah, like, so when you hit KD, him ask
2: message, him, ask him it. because
0: like, we, we look at players differently. Like we can see the ceiling like before it happens. Yeah. A hundred
2: like, we can percent, see like, oh, like, you, right? CJ's a consultant. Or you guarded guy and you're like, oh. Damn, like, yeah. I know cheating. Like the first time. I know the market.
0: First time That's you guarded Luca. Like, first time I guarded Devin Booker, I was like, oh yeah. shit, he's gonna be nice. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you guard a guy you know. and this is like this is like before he's yeah. like Devin Booker. Like, also, you see it, you're like, oh shit, he got a everything. You know what I love asking
2: I love talking to Draymond. I love people who like Draymond. Yeah, because I like people who they, like- Then him. he could
0: actually say, you know what, that guy was tough. My entire thesis yeah. on
2: Luca is based on Draymond.
0: Luca, yeah. I knew Luca was. You should have asked me about him. My brother played against him in Europe. I you tell the story. So I watched him three games last year in the in the Euroleague before he came over. Sure, and I watched yeah. his Euroleague championship. And I asked my brother, my brother's like a realist. I said, how good is he? He's like, he's going to be top five. He's, he's like, if he adjusts to the NBA pace, which he should because of spacing, there's not a lot of space in Europe.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And the fact that like the veteran players were like entrusting him to hit big shots. He was hitting game winners. He, his swag was crazy. That's,
2: you, that, you beat me to it. That's the thing about him that's so obvious. That's, that's the one thing that I love about sports, especially now being in the agent game, wanting to buy the New York Jets. I can't wait till I have full control to see how right I am about emotional intelligence variable. Okay. I, I, everything I, and it doesn't always work. Because sometimes I'm like, he's such a leader, but a hundredth of a second speed is yeah. actually not yeah. I'm thoughtful enough about that. Right. But fuck, the human will fucks with me. Like, I believe in that shit. Especially if I know what kind of kid you are. Because you can be a great human will, leader, effort guy on the court. But you might be a fucked up kid off the yeah. court. If I know everything, I don't know. I feel excited about
1: it. You, you know there's another name too. How about Mr. Robinson? What do you think? He's gonna be good. Yeah. But you never know what's gonna happen in New York. Yeah. With the, you know, How about Trey? Ice Trey. Trey Young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, you yeah, that's too that's, obvious. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're talking about the guy who scored 49 in a game. He had multiple games of 15 plus assists. I think he's the the first rookie in the history of the NBA to have multiple 15 plus point per game assists, and he contributed to like 80 percent of like offense in a game. Right. And, the he, and he's
2: also going in an era where a Curry.
0: It's perfect, perfect Right So people right. are even more excited yeah. about
2: it. And the
0: Zion effect Yes
2: In yeah. the league or
0: how The do Zion you? effect in general We're talking about Arguably the most Hyped
2: Players Player since LeBron, since LeBron. Yeah. It's a hu- Not arguably He's the most hyped Player arguably. since LeBron Who's going to be Heading to New Orleans That's fine I think, I think Zion going to New Orleans is great. Couple reasons why. One, New Orleans is a fucking fresh ass city. It is. It is a cultural city. I understand the situation on the team, but every team. Do you know how bad the Golden State Warriors and the New England Patriots were when I was coming up? They were the shittiest places to play. That's, like all these kids are so lost. Let me say it one more time for everybody who thinks pe- stars go into shitty places is bad. Yeah. The two of the eight shittiest sports teams in all four major sports during my prime junior high and high school years were the Golden State Warriors and the New England fucking Patriots. Constantly in the top five picks, sucked shit. Even with Run DMC, you know, and Mullen and Mitch Richmond and fucking Hardaway, like Patriots sucked shit. One in fifteen, they were like, the, like their only win would be about up against the fucking Jets. Like <laughs> everybody sucked. The, do you know how shit. dog shit the Chicago Bulls were before Jordan came? It yeah. always takes a superstar. So I don't think it's bad. And more importantly, with the way the NBA is now, let him go there and do his thing. What is it? Four, or five years now? Five, six? What is it?
1: For what?
0: What's his... Life? Four years, good. and then... And then, then he's right.
2: going to go to fucking a big city. And Basically, you don't seven, turn right? down. You don't,
0: seven, right? You, you stay seven. because of the, yeah. the, the seven. amount good. of money you make. He'll be
2: it's young it. as fuck. Yeah. He'll be, 20, He'll be 20, 25, 26, bird. Where the fuck he's going to be. And then let him decide where the fuck he wants to go.
0: That takes me to my next point.
2: <laughs> I like
0: I like the mentality, the mindset. I think he's going to be good in the NBA. I said, at a, if it's a bad year, he averages 17 to 8. I said for Luka Doncic, if it's a bad year, he averages 15 and 5. He obviously, he didn't have a bad year. He averaged 20, 21 and 7. Rookie cards you should buy out of this upcoming draft, just, just while we're here. Zion is the obvious one. Ja is the obvious one. I would go. He says. He's I a, love Tyler Hero. He's a, he Thank has dreams about Tyler he's Hero. I mean, he's he's, he's, he's a- brought Tyler Hero up. 10 times in the last two weeks all the rookie cards times.
2: are going to be overpriced because oh, the well, market's hype as fuck so you gotta wait you
0: gotta yes. wait, wait Here, you notice
2: who I asked you for and this is now educating people because yeah. I don't want them to blindly waste their money right. every basketball rookie card will be underpriced except for if anybody becomes a top 15 all time player so Zion has to actually Zion cards are going to be so expensive out the gate yeah. he will probably have to be a top. he has to be a top 50 player probably top 25 most likely top 10 for you to be pumped in the league right now no no all in time. 20 in 20, oh in 20 God, years you got to catch really? the next cycle i
0: think you should get kevin porter brick
1: is huge on kevin porter kevin porter, porter is incredible yeah people talented. love porter just
2: disappointed i know reference. i know
1: he's the same high school as jamal Crawford Nate Robinson Doug Christie and he's going to be good it's just a he, matter of how good he's, he might be the most talented of all of them no no team. it's
2: all about like i don't know you know i hear the headlines so i'm not going to go deep on this it yeah. all depends on yeah. how he acts off the field
1: Right. Well, where are, we, where are we at on, on um,
0: Cam Reddish? I like Cam's potential. I'm just not sure. It, the role, I got to tell you all the time, everybody's good, right? Yeah. It's just the role you have yeah. on your team, where you go. Circumstances. When you're the number one pick, they empower you. If you're a t- if you're a lottery, top 10, depending on who's in front of you, you're going to, they're going to empower you and give you every opportunity sense. to succeed. There's some guys that are good enough to play, but it's based on where they were drafted and who's in front of them and your coach. Some coaches don't like to play young players. Yeah. You, you look at, like, look, look at my situation. I go 10th pick in the draft, 11th pick with Michael Carter-Williams, my boy. He goes to the Sixers. He wins Rookie of the Year. I'm the 10th pick. I break my foot. I'm behind Wesley Matthews, Nick Batum, um, Mo Williams, who retired, Dame. I'm behind one max player, a guy who made $80 million in one in, in one contract, mm-hmm. uh, Mo Williams, who won a championship, yeah. who was an all-star. And I just get drafted into that situation. And, and we have Steve Blake. Marilyn great. So I was one pick away from going to the Sixers and being the starting point yeah. guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, that matters. And yeah. you look at the draft, like, the location of the draft. Your coach, you get a coach who doesn't like young players. Costa, my teammate, gets drafted by the Utah Jazz when Jerry Sloan's still there. Doesn't Jerry, play young guys. Jerry Sloan doesn't play young guys, and he doesn't like finesse bigs, bigs that can shoot. Right, That right there was, Koof is a finesse big who can shoot. He told him, don't shoot outside the paint. Changed his entire career. You're talking about a guy who came out, he was getting dirt and Lewinsky comparisons.
2: To me, to yeah, me cool. that, this is a really fun conversation. To me, I believe in that variable so heavy in the short term. And what I've been thinking about my whole life is what about in the long term? So I buy everything CJ just said times a thousand. I've always been fascinated by- How does that
1: apply to business then? Well, and this, this is, this is
2: actually where I'm going. Yeah. And you've got mad
0: employees here. We're gonna yeah, you're going to appreciate
2: this. This is what I think about where, where are the differences in sport and business. So here's my thing. Okay. I have a bunch of people that come up to me and they say, blah, 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 blah. And I go, cool. I go, but in the end, if you're so fucking great, like you're telling me, that shit will play out because your greatness will break through your circumstance. And that is part of what being great is. It's true. I buy somebody who thinks they're a great entrepreneur failing in their first two businesses, but before they die at 99, they're gonna have to put a W on the board. What I don't know, because I don't view sports as entrepreneurship, because you don't control like in entrepreneurship, you can just bounce, and it's you in the market. What I'm curious about is, what is somebody all-time great? At, take injuries off the table, because injuries is real. Circumstance To me if you're so fucking great Even if somebody hates Playing young players You always have free agency You're going to get Another at bat This and that I'm curious CJ's right But this is why I think CJ's having His career now That he's having Like my big thing Outside of injuries If it's coaching Circumstances Bad contracts in front of you Good contracts in front of you Eventually that shit plays out I'm curious what your thought is about that.
0: I think to a has point has anybody
2: retired and said I was all time great and you can believe them because they can give you a compelling enough answer.
0: I think you're right to an extent. I think that greatness is it's bound to show at some point, but
2: Greatness, not very good. Greatness. Greatness. You can't you can't be you can't say you're fucking great and then tell me the thirty-seven excuses to why it didn't happen. Right. That's like the anti-definition of great. Injuries yeah. is the only one. Injuries the, the only one. I
0: think injury's is the only one, but I think that, I mean, I've seen, I've been in the league going into my seventh year, and I got guys I played with yep. who I knew were nice. Like, they just needed the right- Circumstance. The right circumstance. They needed to be believed in. And I think at times they weren't believed in. They weren't empowered. Whereas I've seen guys be empowered that weren't good. Got good in like doorstep of great where they're like, man, mm, if he in the right situation, he could really be a savage. And, and that's what I said about Trae Young. If Trey Young goes to the, the wrong situation and his coach doesn't let him shoot 30-footers. Yeah. yeah.
2: And if Steph doesn't, listen. If the Warriors don't trade Monte. And if. Oof.
0: If the Warriors don't. Think we, about this. Let's all we talk about the they they dream, Monty, this for a second. Everybody they traded Monte. They Steph almost was, traded Steph. Steph. was nice. They almost traded Steph. They almost and traded Steph. Steph was the one doorstep of greatness. Wasn't there yet. Remember, Brandon Jennings scored 50 mm-hmm. on his head in Milwaukee. <laughs> he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. He was on his way to greatness. You see what I'm saying? Like, he was a great player and it was bound to happen. But think about his circumstance if he gets traded tomorrow. I believe it,
2: man. I believe it. This is where great versus very... I think there's a lot of people who could have been six-time All-Stars who were fringe players because of circumstance and encouragement and chance and a million things. Great. Though I hate when people are like, I'm great. And I, like, I'm like, great breaks through everything. That's why it's fucking great.
1: So, wait, hold on. If, you're getting, if, you, if you have it in you to be great... And By never,
2: definition, great should... That, that If you didn't end up being great, then should, you were never great. should, but, but there, okay. there's
1: a few okay.
0: circumstances and situations to where if your coach doesn't play you, because I've seen guys be great in practice. You think about our roster. It was yeah. me, Will Barton. We both were getting DMPs. I signed for $106 million with more on the way. Will signed yeah. years later. We're talking about we weren't playing yeah. At all That was my guy I was going to say With Will Did you know He was going to be That this big I see role? him in practice Every day I was like we. I was I used to tell him All the time One day like One of us Isn't going to be here Like It's obvious The writing's on the wall They're not going to keep Both of us One of us isn't going to be here We. He was literally talking About going to Russia To play in Europe Because he was like I can't Mentally He's like I can't yeah. take this Like coming to the arena every day not playing, but that's knowing per- that you're killing in practice. Start Bro. killing. We used to beat the starters in practice. You Bro. see what I'm saying? Like, of course, that's course a, I see what
2: you're saying. That's To no me, mind to me, to to me your... this is the definition of great. If you're so fucking great, that like, you don't break down mentally. I mean, that mental, in sports,
0: yeah, it's, it's, and it's, in life, and in business. It's, it's, I mean, we knew we were going to play at some point, okay. but it's sure, crazy to look sure, at do you know how many
2: people bailed on a business one month before it was going to make the turn that was going to make it actually go? Have you, have you done that? You don't know. I don't know I'm if have.
1: No. have you have you no. ever thought look back no. and said okay
2: no but but that's because it's impossible I bailed on initiatives side hustles things I don't so the answer is nobody knows but it's happened you
0: this this is a great point turning the page a little bit to back to business I watched your so how I got my uh, business manager and and my uh, financial advisor I sent them the video of you talking about uh Snapchat Okay. What? What is it? Your friend, your friend was, uh, Uber? Uber,
2: Uber. Your friend was trying
0: to get you to invest. Sorry, this
2: is sore
0: subject. No worries. I watched you talk about it. I sent it to him and I said, I've been trying to meet with Gary for like a year. We're going to meet and I'm going to ask him about this. Uh, yep. Obviously you talked about it briefly. Yep. That's a situation where he tried to get you to invest in it and you were like, I don't know.
2: That's right. Are you asking why?
0: Okay, I guess my question is, you talk about like missing something by like...
2: It hurts even more than that because like again, and it's fun to have it right over your head, that collage right there with my books, the top left one, Crush It!, it's the first book I wrote. Mm -hmm. So it's your first book, right? And in acknowledgments, I thank my family and one person, Travis. Think about how close we were to, like, he, he, and he helped me with that book because he wasn't doing anything at the time. He was in between gigs right. and he just wanted to read it. And we are real homies, like me, and AJ, and Trav, like real homies. Like he was in the office the other day hanging with me and AJ, so, real homie. It's, it's my favorite part about life. I preach offense over everything, right? I believe right. in it and everything. Uber was a defensive moment. I just bought an expensive apartment, so I was way less liquid than I wanted. They had it as a side project. I just failed in a side project called Quarked, which is a wine social network. Garrett, who came up with the idea, Camp and Travis hired other people to run Uber Cab, which is the name of the company originally. Wow. Yeah, where's the, a there's a sign in here Don't where work. AJ, this is literally an email from Uber. Come on. To AJ. Read this email. This is literally AJ. Hey,
0: AJ. I want to say thanks for being our first ever Uber rider in New York. How was your experience? I also yeah. saw that so you were crazy. looking for another ride last night, but we had no cars available. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. <laughs> so sorry about this. I've, read, cars. I've credited your, your account with $10. Imagine what this $10 is worth now. When is that? When is we that? Asked, uh, this is April 8, 2011 at 11.06 a.m. And it, has, and it has a picture of your your ride. Basically, so, it was so we were there. The, you were this, right there.
2: This was the closest I've That's been crazy. professionally to. You can put it down anywhere to the Jets because if pictures. I made my normal investment yeah. right now with the current valuation, we're talking four, five, six hundred million. Yeah. Like I'd really probably be with having dinner with Dolan right now and being like, "Yo, sell it to me. Yeah, yeah. I could be a good face. Like we get KD. Like I'd be, <laughs> you know, like like let me be a partner minority. I'll just be the face. Like one of those kind of cat. Like so. Yeah, man. I'm like I. CJ, I love it. Like look, you probably feel this way too, right? Like let's actually, let's like bounce it back to like make it contextual. You just had a very interesting series, right? I watched a lot of it. I, I haven't watched, back, like it's funny, it didn't get I, I wanna bring it up now. It's really hard for me to evaluate basketball because I'm so rusty. Because I'm just not, I, it's so fun. Between basketball cards, moving to Hudson Yards and being close to the garden, buying Ryan Harwood's company who's a crazy basketball fan and the sports card things, like it's so fun. Like I'm so close to being back fully to basketball because in my four years of high school, which are, your, I always think are prime sports years for everybody, right. like that was the Knicks run. So I adored basketball, but then I got busy as an entrepreneur and I couldn't really follow. Plus the Knicks have been just atrocious for two and a half decades. <laughs> But like I watched, it's crazy. I watched more of your last playoff series that just wrapped up than I, than of seasons of Knicks over, the, like of seasons of Knicks over the last two decades. Jeez. So I watched it carefully. I know because I'm, I, like what's amazing about sports is a couple of plays. I'm sure coming off of that series, it's never fun to get swept. It's right. never fun to be on the doorstep of the finals. Right. What's probably wild, and I don't know your demeanor, I know me that if I was on your team, I'd be thinking about like seven or eight moments that happen that that I'm like fuck. That that, those four plays makes it a seven game series, you know. And so that's how I think about Uber. For me, it feels inevitable. I'm gonna get mine, but it's a it's a part of the game. Like there was an email that I didn't respond to from AirBedAndBreakfast.com which was what Airbnb was called before it was called Airbnb. A bunch of people just found out what the B&B stands for. I have an email from the founders of Air Bed and Breakfast that say, we just want to meet you. You're like a hero to, like suddenly I don't want to put words in their mouth. It was like, we fuck with you, Gary Vee. Would you meet with us? We have this new startup. I didn't even fucking answer the email. If I answer that email and I take that coffee, maybe I put 25K into that. That's another half a Billy. So like you know like I don't know like it's life. yeah it's life. I go you know you go out and do things and like you know that's part of the game and I'm just trying to take shots and and hopefully more will go in. But the one great thing about entrepreneurship and why I love so many of you young athletes getting into it. I watched and learned as I got older how many athletes go through depression post-basketball, football, baseball, because they can't get that high anymore.
0: Yeah, that high is crucial.
2: And for me, what's so great about what I do is I have that high every day and I get to do it till I'm 90 and my knees and my back and all these things. The fact that a lot of you are going to be able to maybe not fully get there because everyone's got different makeup plus the intensity of that, but it is an incredible high. Adversity is the foundation of success. I genuinely believe that. You know, it's funny when you said like the moment like I have this reoccurring dream that I give a keynote that is simulcast to every person on earth Like literally like I picture myself right now. It's weird I feel like I'm in like, I don't know why I think I'm in Africa. It's very warm I feel like I'm in South America <laughs> like, it's very warm, But I like yeah. I walk out and it's like so many people but I also right before I take the mic know every single person's listening and I fucking like That's think cool. about it a lot. Yeah. And it's like, I only like, you know, back to like grub basketball that I play. The one thing that I like, I understand, I'm, t- I'm not a good player at all, but the only time like I feel good is when it's 11 11 and I like, am ready to take a two pointer to try to win it. Though I've missed the far majority of them, the moment is the only thing that gets me going.
0: Shooting your shot, it's just like investing. And I say, I use the term empty the clip. Like, when you, I yep. said, well, we're going to this playoff. I'm emptying my clip. Like, oh for 30? Cool. I emptied the clip. It's
2: funny. There's a couple guys here who play with us. We play 6, oh, I haven't played in a while. 6 a.m. on 14th I know, Street. I know. I was right? supposed to play this morning. I know. So, there's a couple guys in here that, like, uh, that I've played with. Like, there was a game, I'm thinking one moment right now, where I probably was 1 for 30 for real. Right? For real. and it's like a tie game and AJ's like and it was like the first I remember it was after not playing for a long time too and we're playing with a bunch of people on his team that I don't they don't know me and it's like a tie game and he's like getting on them like don't let him shoot and I remember thinking in this moment these fucking kids are like what are you talking about he's the only one that we want shooting I didn't hit the game winner but it was the fact that AJ was telling like yeah, there, and I think that's, that's not something I trained right. like that's always been the case I've like I only I want every piece of pressure I do that in life I do that as an entrepreneur I do that as a CEO of a company I want all the pressure on me yeah. all of it I even it's actually my shortcoming because I want it all right all that's dope here's some pressure every person listening should buy old basketball cards graded <laughs> and you will make money
0: and, and secondly, I appreciate you coming. I know we've taken up a lot yeah, of your I time. Bounce. I just want to say one thing. AJ said that he was short players at 6 a.m. Oftentimes he was short, you know, nine well, guys well, waiting yeah. on the 10th. You, you shot that location. I guarantee you, you won't be short on players next time you have a 6 a.m. I love that. We appreciate you coming on the CJ pull-up pod. Jordan, thank, you so you. Much, thank you guys so much, man. Yes, love you guys. See ya. Yep.